0: Hello, everyone. I hope you're doing well. We are back with another episode of Blitz Business. I hope you will enjoy this podcast. Hi, Snigda. Thank you so much for coming over to Blitz Business. It's a pleasure to have you.
1: Thank you, Ashish. Thanks for having me.
0: Great. So, Snigda, tell me a little bit about your background and then we'll uh, talk about uh, your venture.
1: Sure. So I grew up collecting teas. So, you know, friends and family, whoever would travel well, I would ask them to bring back tea for me as a souvenir from their trips. So at one point in time, I had teas from China, Japan, Kenya, Sri Lanka, South Africa, and of course India. And I stored them in my father's old trunk. And over a period of let's say 10-12 years, I've been collecting these teas and I had some of the most exotic, rare teas from around the world. But I knew very little about them. I knew very little about my tea treasure. So in 2011, I decided to study tea professionally. So I trained under a Japanese tea master who's based out of Sri Lanka. I visited tea plantations, uh, spent hours understanding tea production, tea history, and tea blending, of course. And uh, upon returning back to India, I decided to start my company called Tea Trunk as a tribute to where my love of tea began. So I started primarily um, tea out of my sheer passion for collecting teas. It wasn't um, started with a business plan in hand. It was started by just looking at what do I own and what am I interested in? So that's where my journey began.
0: Wow! Wow! Very interesting in terms of uh, learning and uh, having a Japanese master and learning. So tell tell us a little bit about you know what's what's the sort of a typical process that someone wants to learn. For example, if they want to become like in a tea expert, there are there are courses around it, or uh, how does it work?
1: Sure. Now they are today in 2020. There are, but back in 2011. I was surprised that I could not find any institution to study tea professionally in India. You know, there were a couple of institutes which taught tea as an agriculture module, but nothing about tea history, tea culture and being a tea sommelier. So now over the last decade, yes, there are a couple of uh, organizations and institutions that have started in India to promote tea education and uh, it's one of my personal missions to so at tea trunk we do a lot of tea tasting and tea appreciation workshops throughout the lockdown in the last 6 months we hosted tea master classes which were attended by over 2000 people just in the last wow. 6 months alone
0: wow so so you sort of also have uh uh these t- uh, tasting session but not definitely not now it's not possible but do, you used to have a lot uh, before the lockdown and the COVID.
1: absolutely we hosted several tea tasting workshops in person and i've been doing this since 2011 you know so we've been uh, <laughs> experimenting with various formats of tea appreciation workshops we do a, a session which is a tea and food pairing experience Or the most popular one is make your own tea blend. Because as a tea sommelier, my expertise lies in tea blending. So we host Mm -hmm. a guided experience where we give you a bunch of different herbs, spices, flowers, and we invite you to study the flavor wheel and make your own tea blend. You know, so it's a very fun activity that we've seen, uh, you know, even corporates enjoy or if it's just family groups, we've been doing this for over a decade now.
0: Mm-hmm. That's very interesting. Uh, mm-hmm. so, uh, so, so Nikita, tell us a little bit in terms of uh, so how many sort of uh, SKUs or how many sort of products currently you're offering at Tea Trunk, and what mm-hmm. are your most popular items?
1: So I started Tea Trunk purely as an e-commerce plan business plan. You know, so you know, t- uh, I don't know if you're aware, but Tea Trunk is based out of Goa from day zero. So mm-hmm. we were very uh, clear that we are going to ship worldwide from day zero, you know, so building in a stable, steady, robust e-commerce platform was very crucial for us. And that also allowed us to experiment with our product, you know, so we do small batch artisanal tea blends. So we would, let's say, launch an apple spice tea for Christmas this year, and we would give it A couple of months and if that does well we will continue to sell it and make it a part of our regular collection so to give you a number at any point in time at tea trunk there will be about 20 tea blends which are our core blends but you'll always find some seasonal additions for example in summers we'll do a mango mint tea or something to do with berries and in winters we do teas with, which are more warming uh, and cinnamon and so on and I and I want to do this and I want to keep our product list dynamic because one of the core philosophies for tea Trunk is to promote tea in harmony with the seasons you know many of us don't know that tea is actually a seasonal product tea does not grow all year round i think oh oh, oh yes i think (laughs) when we do this as a session eight out of ten people don't know that it's just like mangoes you know mangoes are in season and that's when you get the best mangoes so Mm -hmm. just like any other agricultural produce tea is also seasonal but we are so accustomed to seeing a packet of tea in the supermarket all year round that we've forgotten that which tea is the best to have in which season and that's one of the core philosophies for tea trunk and that is the reason why we keep shuffling our product line
0: oh wow i'm apparently i'm also one of the yeah, eight person who didn't know this thing well mm-hmm. uh, so h- how do you position your brands Nikita, in terms of tea trunk like how do you differentiate from there are traditional players also into the market which has sure. been long established so what is your sort of the core USP differentiating factor or how do you position your brand in this sort of india being you know have mm-hmm. quite a good number of tea consumption uh, mm-hmm. statistics so yes please
1: So I think our biggest moat is the brand that we've built over the last seven years. You know, Tea Trunk today is not just a tea brand. People trust us for when they're looking to drink tea as an investment in their health. And I think that only got reinforced in the last six months when COVID hit. Like we had a turmeric tea three years ago. I mean, we didn't launch it in the midst of a pandemic. We were already, um, we already had an existing customer base of uh, turmeric tea drinkers over the last three years. And we have built credibility as a functional beverage brand more than just tea as a commodity. Right? You know, let's just take an example, like if your mom asks you to go down and you know, buy a box of tea from the supermarket, you'd probably not think twice about and pick up any one of the commercially um, popular Mm -hmm. teas. But if you are making a choice about buying a tea, which will help you sleep better, you know, searching for a tea, which is a, a natural cure for insomnia, When you're looking for teas with which are going to be an investment into your health at that point in time you're not going to go and pick up something off the rack you're going to do a bit of research you're going to find which brand is talking about all of these points that you are interested in and that research will most probably lead you to tea trunk and our chamomile tea is known uh, for uh, promoting good sleep You know, so that's where uh, the biggest differentiator for tea chunk is. People are not coming to us for buying, you know, a commodity, tea as a commodity. But people who are consuming tea as a lifestyle choice, they are our customers. Mm -hmm, mm
0: -hmm, mm -hmm. Very interesting. And definitely you mentioned uh, the chamomile tea. I think it's one of my favorite favorites also. Uh, So how do you, uh, in terms of uh, sort of... uh, uh, product placement in terms of uh, you mentioned there there are uh, other commercially available commodities per se in uh, T-segment. Hmm. What is in terms of quality you make sure or what are the factors that you take care of, you know, that has sort of created such a strong customer base for you over the years?
1: Our sourcing philosophy, like like I said, right in the beginning, we do a small batch blend and each of our teas, our base teas is sourced from family-owned tea plantations within India. And each of our ingredients, like the chamomile flowers come from Uttarakhand, we've got rose petals that come in from Jaipur, our kesar comes from Ch- Kashmir, Srinagar. So specifically, our sourcing philosophy is what differentiates the product. What this means is that tomorrow, even if you try another chamomile tea or another tea by the same name as, let's say, rose it will never taste the same as a tea trunk chamomile or a tea trunk rose You know, so quality is the biggest differentiator. People who are looking for uh, drinking tea as an investment in their health, they are going to look at a quality product, right? Uh, And and this is something that I say all the time, like if you're drinking tea as a wellness, um, as a part of your wellness routine, what is the point in drinking tea, rose tea with rose flavor and rose artificial pink color in it? You know, it kind of defeats the purpose. So so that's where people who are drinking teas uh, and 100% natural teas, they choose tea trump.
0: So, what is a typical uh, sort of a shelf life for such uh, products?
1: It is one year, but like I shared, we do a small batch blend. So, any tea that you buy from Tea Chunk would Mm -hmm. be blended three months, like within a three month timeline. So, you are drinking fresh tea and not tea that has been sitting in our warehouse for a year or so. Wow.
0: Wow. Oh, that's amazing. That's amazing. So, do you plan to. operate uh, fully in terms of an e-commerce model or do you plan to open retail outlets also or do you have any current?
1: Any... To be honest, yeah. we are not very very good with our B2B. In fact, listeners who are here might want to help us with that. In terms <laughs> of reach reaching, um, we are present in 250 locations um, talking about restaurants and retail locations. But if you ask me out of 250 locations, how many we have reached out to, the number will be 20 or less. You know, so we are um, more focused on our e-commerce platform. And when I say e-commerce, that includes our website, as well as Amazon and Naika and other marketplaces that we sell on. Um, and we're very happy to list with offline and B2B partnerships, but they've been mostly incoming leads for us rather than in, an outreach strategy for us.
0: Okay. Okay. So, Sinekta, uh, tell uh, tell us a little bit about in terms of, uh, you mentioned reach, right? Uh, in, uh, mm-hmm. Mostly you have been focusing on the digital platform, online platforms. So, what has been the strategy for you to build uh, such customer base in terms of uh, marketing strategies or what have been your strategies to establish yourself in an online and a crowded online marketplace how do you uh, what has been the strategy which has worked best for your brand
1: here is where i'm going to share my favorite quote and <laughs> my mac my mac and it says all things being equal people will buy from a friend and all things being not so equal, people will still buy from a friend. You know, so I think mm-hmm. when people ask me what has been our e-commerce strategy, it is <laughs> community. It's it's It has to be like the community of tea lovers that we've built in India. And, the um, uh, you know, friendships in the online space are very underrated. And I think brands don't think of building a tribe around their... Um, their customers and I think mm-hmm. that's what we have been able to do with tea trunk over the last seven years and to be honest Ashish it was not a goal that oh we are going to build a community of tea lovers I mm-hmm. bootstrapped up tea trunk for the first two years so when I didn't have any marketing budgets I had to start by making friends online and you know help mm-hmm. spread, spread the word online So in the first two years, we grew our customer base 200% year on year with zero marketing budgets. And I think the foundation that we built early on really helped us build this community from ground up in India.
0: So you mentioned in uh, two years, uh, you bootstrapped Mm -hmm. uh, with zero marketing budget. So what was the most difficult aspect of running uh, a startup when you were just uh, doing everything from scratch having almost zero to no experience in doing such sort of work before so what were your challenges you faced uh in the beginning
1: the number one challenge for me was uh just the sourcing like tea hmm. in india is a like a hundred year legacy trading business extremely male dominated and here I was India's first certified tea sabellier a woman and I'm going to these tea plantations and I'm telling them that no I'm going to take this Darjeeling green tea from this garden and rose petals from Jaipur and I'm going to make this blend and I got laughed at so many times and you know the brokers were like the tea brokers were like why are you going to make a new rose tea here are five rose teas take one we'll pack it for you why are you making your life difficult And I believe that was a real challenge for me because I was very clear that as a tea sommelier, the real value add that I want to bring is by crafting a product from scratch, by making sure that we're sourcing quality product, quality that I can stand behind and put my name as a tea sommelier to it rather than, you know, buying and repackaging tea, which is specifically most brands in India. And tea is a very crowded space, but you will see very little differentiation because most Brands are buying from brokers or the same retailers repackaging and selling it under different names. You know, So the number one challenge was how do you create a sourcing um, line, an entire supply chain from scratch with no experience in the tea industry?
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, I can imagine uh, uh, talking to vendors across states and trying to procure different different ingredients and packaging it together, then establishing the brand. A lot of work
1: absolutely but to you know that is our again our mode today because any newcomer who would want to do this will take a couple of years to figure out the sourcing philosophy or may not choose to do this because it's very tiresome and tedious and i think the early work that i was able to put in in building these relationships with our partner estates with our plantations with these farmer cooperatives They have become a very crucial, um, you know, point of differentiation for our product itself.
0: Wow. Wow. I mean, these small, small steps, you know, uh, ultimately makes the uh, differences in the brand and and it speaks of the quality and the product itself. Itself, Yeah. Mm Wonderful. So, uh, so what has been uh, after you mentioned the, your initial couple of two years uh, bootstrapping? Mm-hmm. So, have you raised any funds currently, or how are you currently scaling up your operation? It's fully funded by uh, ongoing through ongoing operations, or how, so Tika
1: uh, broke even in the first two years, so we've been profitable mm-hmm. since then and as a commodity business and with our e-commerce model we've been you know we've been very agile and robust with our finances we did raise an angel round in just jan 2020 right before the pandemic hit and uh, this raise was primarily to fuel our international expansion plans but unfortunately all of that had to be put on hold through this year so uh, we are looking at Uh, you know, using these funds for scaling up in international markets outside India. My vision for Tea Trunk is to build a global premium tea brand from India. And, you know, it's really important that we carry this... People know Darjeeling tea in India, but, you know, there is no one brand of tea that is popular globally. And I really uh want to set that vision in stone that we want to build tea trunk as a global premium brand from india mm-hmm.
0: so currently do you uh do you uh supply to international market or you were planning to start the operation internationally
1: we already year? shipped to 15 countries outside okay. india hmm. uh, however this is all through our online store so this is just d2c um, our plans was to enter b2b and to set up you know retail partnerships outside india which is currently postponed to 2021
0: mm-hmm. you mentioned you know you raised uh, the uh, you raised angel around just before the pandemic so what has been the impact of uh, covid and i mean i can imagine uh, your procuring you're sourcing all sort of different ing- ingredients from all different states it, mm-hmm. it must be quite challenging
1: absolutely in terms of supply chain it was a challenge but because of our sourcing philosophy because tea seasonal in nature we do buy products in you know when they are in season so when covid hit we did have a good position in terms of inventory and we were well stocked up and The second important point was tea trunk being based out of Goa. Goa was a green zone throughout. So apart from one day, which was 22nd March, the Janta curfew, tea trunk was never shut throughout the lockdown. We were open because tea was under essential commodities. We were shipping at a time when Amazon India was not shipping. You know, so we we saw a huge surge on our, uh, on our website. We got like average order value went up to like five times our regular average order value, and uh, you know people really wanted some comforting teas to reach them through a very difficult phase, and we were able to do that. And I think uh, I recently shared this in a in a news story that we grew eight mm-hmm. x on our e-commerce on our eight on our own website. And three x on Nike and Amazon, so we saw exponential growth during the lo- during the pandemic.
0: Amazing, eight x. That's that's quite the number. That's quite a number.
1: Thank you. People,
0: people definitely were little anxious and little paranoid during COVID for sure. I mean, tea definitely helps.
1: Yes, absolutely
0: wow wow i think that's uh that's excellent so in terms of uh um, the the sales so you mentioned through your own website uh, you you were driving much of the bigger chunk of the sales mm-hmm. what what are your thoughts in terms of uh what were your learnings i mean your business have grown i mean you're one of the few businesses which have seen uh tremendous uh, growth uh, in the pandemic but what has what has mm-hmm. been you you're learning to manage such sort of volumes uh, mm-hmm.
1: yeah. my biggest learning or rather when i reflect back and think of how this could have been possible is yeah. uh, purely because of the team that we had so at tea chunk um, you know we're a small lean team but pretty much like 99 percent of the team has been with us for four years or more and i think that really helped because we did have a very stable team in place which and we were able to rally the troops so quickly get mobilize everyone half the team was working from home half of the operations team was working on alternate days because we already had this well-oiled machinery in place you know i think that really gave us the foundation to move quickly and move with agility and if we didn't have this in place i don't think if this was one of the biggest missing pieces we would not have been able to achieve what we what we could in in the pandemic mm
0: mm-hmm. no excellent point definitely i think mm-hmm. uh, everything was in place and you were able to execute mm-hmm. uh, very well mm-hmm. uh, uh, during the pandemic so what has been your uh, sort of um, suggestion if for someone who is looking to start Mm -hmm. a a b2c brand into this particular it could be any it could Mm -hmm. i mean it could be any other product right but what will be your suggestion for someone listening and looking to start for some or the other product you know looking to launch uh, a b2c building a b2c brand launching some or the other product what will be your suggestion or thoughts
1: Sure. sure. One of the common things that I share with anyone starting a product business is to keep the product line tight and, you know, small to start with. So if you're launching, let's say a line of body showers or shower gel, you know, it Mm -hmm. doesn't help if you launch seven at a time, just maybe start with three, see how they do and you can always add on more. I think early on, it's very easy to get excited at the prospect of launching more products, which is, you know, what I see a lot and which is one of the biggest learnings for me at Tea Trunk, how to, how to practice restraint as a tea to not keep launching new teas and focus on what we have built and, you know, to be slow and steady with our experimentation. So I think if you're someone who's just starting out any kind of product business, don't spread yourself too thin.
0: Hmm. That's a that's a very interesting and uh, important takeaway because uh, it happens most of the time. Uh, it it's easy to give in to the temptation of saying okay, let's launch like five, six, seven, eight products. Uh, but the argument mm-hmm. sort of goes in terms of what is the right optimal number or how do you try to figure it out? You know, when is the right time uh, mm-hmm. for your company to expand or to add more products? I mean, what is these the sort of uh, how do you strike that balance?
1: Sure. So there is no one right answer to it. It will be different for different product categories. I think what you have to do is keep, you know, recalibrating. So launch three or launch four and then add in a new one every three months. See how that, that does the response to it you know i think just don't try to overwhelm yourself um and don't make decisions without any data in hand you know so you need if you want to launch a new product look at some of the data and insights what your existing product line is telling you and use that as a basis to keep launching new products i think especially when you are an early stage product company you you feel oh, there's not enough data to read into but true. i don't think that's true i think whatever you have is unique to your business is, is unique insight for your uh you know product line and i think it's very important that you use that data set no matter how small or big that is mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. and how do you sort of uh, you mentioned uh, earlier into the podcast uh, you were bootstrapped for the initial couple of years so how do you what do you suggest for someone you need to make that first break you know the first sale or uh, reaching at let's say some certain milestones uh, what will be your suggestions or thoughts on that
1: i think my first suggestion will be to build a rock star team from day one mm. and you know there's hundreds of quotes about uh, you know teamwork in entrepreneurship we think as entrepreneurs that oh we're going to be like the heroes and martyrs for our business but you don't have to be a hero or a martyr for running a business or being an entrepreneur right good entrepreneurship is teamwork you know and uh, I read this somewhere that entrepreneurship is a team sport And that's very important for you to know from day one. So building the right set of team, getting the right resources that are required for your business, right talent, right skill sets. um, That is very crucial from day zero. And I think as an entrepreneur, you should not underestimate or overestimate your own skills. Mm -hmm.
0: That's an excellent point points Nikita because I have seen many entrepreneurs uh, in the uh, initial days where they try to do many of the things by themselves but ultimately uh, uh, Mm -hmm. if you have a very good team in place your life definitely becomes much easier and you can focus on the right task Uh, So, yes I think it makes a lot of difference uh, when building Mm -hmm. the right team uh, and then scaling up so uh, it was wonderful, Snigdha. Just to wrap it up, I'll ask my favorite, one of my favorite questions. So if you were to start today fresh, what would you have done differently?
1: Better co-founder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah like I said entrepreneurship is not a solo sport and you know like the way I described my journey for starting key was born out of my passion it wasn't started with a business plan in hand but now as I look back I do feel that if I had a co-founder we could have you know grown at double the pace at what we've done in the last seven years so if anybody is listening out there and (laughs) a solo founder should explore the possibility of having a co-founder
0: and it it also sort of makes life easier right because uh, mm-hmm. as as a single uh, a founder mm-hmm. there are many ups and downs you know uh, there are many things that needs to be done a uh, lot of responsibilities a lot of ideas a lot of things that needs to be managed
1: yes with with tea teacher- To be honest, I got lucky to have a wonderful board of advisors. So I have mentors from the tea industry, Murugappa group and several other, um, you know, wonderful seasoned entrepreneurs who I had as a sounding board. So whenever I needed to bounce off strategy ideas or new product ideas, I had that sounding board. But I can totally imagine that if you had a peer as a co-founder, it would be a lot more, um, you know, structured in place. So there are only two ways to do this. Either you get a co-founder or you get a very solid board of advisors because you have to build that support system from D1.
0: Yes, that's very true. That's very true. I think that that was an excellent move in terms of having uh, such sort of board available to you because uh, ultimately you need someone from the industry or experts who can sort of guide because as an entrepreneur, we are always thinking, always running. So. Sometimes we do tend to miss certain, certain points. So it's always good to have uh, a support system in place. Yes.
1: Right.
0: Great, Snigta. Great. I think uh, that was uh, wonderful. Uh, it was wonderful to have you at Blitz Business and, uh, and some amazing quotes. Uh, definitely. <laughs> uh, great. Uh, thank you so much, Snigta, for your time. Uh, it was a pleasure.
1: Absolutely. Thank you so much and thanks for having me.
0: Thank you for listening. We will be back with another episode of Blitz Business. Stay tuned.